This is Anders from Cadaver. You're listening to Interview Under Fire. everyone we are here with another new episode of interview under fire this is your beloved host and sunny as always and today i am thrilled to welcome back a veteran frontman from the norwegian underground metal scene anders Auden. uh it's an honor again man uh always good to have you back here in iuf it's been a couple years anders so we got some catching up to do but here we are right quickly approaching a an important yet exciting time of the year for you and the rest of the guys over at cadaver with the release over your highly anticipated album the age of the offended set to drop july 21st through nuclear blast anders let me begin by first commending you and all the worlds of recognition you have been getting been getting over the years i mean six record now mm-hmm. right and the band's discography so much to unravel about this and before we get to everything as i just said it's been a minute right three years yeah since we last yeah. got together and talked about what we love most about the music you've been busy man how are you a lot of good things has happened fortunately since that dreaded 2020 um how's life man uh are you up you're at uh, are you in norway right now yeah i'm in norway right now i'm um i'm having a really good time uh getting this monster of an album out and uh, talking to people who listen to it for the first time now i mean we, it's been a long process for us obviously and uh uh the recording sessions uh stopped over a year ago that's funny yeah. how that goes you know uh, and the mixing was done by christmas or something it's it's like an ongoing process so yeah. um i still love the album and i'm really excited that people get to hear it now for the first time you know dropping an album while not in a pandemic makes things that much more exciting right last time we 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 did this uh, yeah. we, i haven't haven't i haven't had a dirk on the show um uh, when you when uh, right when edder and bile dropped and shout out to dirk dirk i interviewed dirk on on my birthday and out of anyone to talk to dirk was so so humble so great and it's quite the challenge to get through what we all got through in those times. As now I'm like mentioning it, like 2020. Aside from the music, Anders, you know, I'm always intrigued to hear about other aspects of an artist's life that potentially feed into their creativity and personality. Like I said, you dropped yeah. that Aaron Aaron Bile in 2020, right? And then mm-hmm. Dirt came on the show. And then those interviews were actually a few, few months apart. Staying busy during the pandemic was an important thing. I know uh, we spoke at the start of all that. Did that time now that i'm having you here right now in 2023 did that time open up new things for you anders that you may not have discovered before about yourself something that maybe doesn't involve music i know your health was a topic we touched on you know you yeah. you, you beat cancer and it's i'm so proud to see you like where you are right now health wise you know it's uh, a lot of things like aside from the music how have things been you know are you, are you cooking you know uh reading books yeah I mean, things like that once now that everything we're we're back out in the open yeah, I mean, I actually got this book today. You see that? Into the Void. Oh my God! Geezer Butler's Geezer Butler yeah. from Black Sabbath's uh, yes. biography. I know that so book. Gonna... I haven't read it. I yeah. know that book though. No, I just got it today, and uh, it's going to be one of my reads this summer. And uh, it's pretty much what I read when it comes to hard copy books. It's uh, biographies. Yeah. Everything else is pretty much podcasts or. Uh, 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 you know, so, uh, it's called sound books. What is it called? Like audiobooks, uh, audiobooks. I think there you go. Yeah, yeah. I'm like totally glitching here. No, <laughs> and uh, but a couple of really important things happened to my life during the pandemic. Uh, one thing was that the pandemic actually made me uh, uh, finally 
uh, renovate and uh, redo my home studio into a more professional studio. Yeah. So that's a very good thing. So I've been uh, busy recording uh, other stuff as well with other artists or other bands coming in. So that's kind of growing as a thing on its own, which is a good thing to do, you know, when you're creative and you have your own, own space, you can get other, other people into that zone and uh, see what happens. So uh, that's been a good development. And uh, other than that, obviously, uh, you know, during the pandemic, I think we all found some new hobbies because of the downtime. Yeah. And uh, one important thing for me was to uh, combine my interest for walking in the woods with uh, uh, learning about mushrooms, all kinds of mushrooms. So I took this, uh, uh, there's a certificate you can take as a mushroom uh, knowledgeable. It's called, uh, I mean, I don't know what's it called. I mean, it's not like a certificate, but it's more like a course you can do, you know, to... Yeah. Get to get to know all kinds of different mushrooms and uh, when it comes down to what you can do with that you just basically pick all the mushrooms you find and identify them if they're edible or you know whatever uh, poisonous or whatever yeah. they are yeah toxic or uh, mo most mushrooms aren't really toxic toxic there's actually in Norway only two that you can die from yeah from like a, a big high dose uh but most mushrooms that are classified not uh good it's just not good it just just doesn't taste good but uh and then you of course have the more exciting part with mushrooms is the psychedelic mushrooms mm -hmm. so i got to know a lot about that too and it really helped me through the record you know getting through the post cancer treatment thing so i learned a lot about that and had the really good results from that and uh it's kind of shining through on the new record i would say if you if you get the uh, subtle uh things in lyrics or even soundscapes and stuff it is a quite psychedelic ride and it's not very common in metal to do psychedelic rides with the music but i think we managed to mash up something new with that so it's very exciting for me Almost like kind of a homage to like uh, like the seventies when psychedelics were like the reason why people wrote music back then, right? Um, yeah. And, and, and uh, by the way, I'm I'm getting my passport renewed, Anders. So and and uh, Norway is one of the countries that I'm planning to visit. You're gonna be my mushroom guy when I get there. <laughs> so I'm Good. I'm nor 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 <laughs> I'm uh, the Scandinavian countries are one of the places that I want to visit the most uh, once. Once I get everything situated for me to travel out there. So that's really cool to see that that you've been busy with that. And not only that you're busy with something, but that's something that's productive in your life that you can totally. input into something music. And I know I know there were some gaps in that uh, cadavers timeline, uh, you know, throughout this entire journey of this band. But this yeah. makes, if I'm not correct, 35 years since it all started. <laughs> and here's the thing. Anders, you have been recognized by plenty in the industry uh, on being this leader in the underground scene at least one of the leaders not an easy thing to do to keep playing after so many years yet here you are uh, Anders are you someone who looks back on like the early days of the band when this all began well mm, sometimes but not so much when it comes to I mean the, the story is so long now it's like 35 yeah. years so it's more like a journey through life you know now I'm 
I've just turned 50. So it means I started out when I was like 15, 16, you know. Wow. And uh, back then we didn't really have a time frame on anything. So all that time we spent in the early days feels like it was a longer time, if you know what I mean. Like five years from 87, 88 till 92, 93 felt like uh, 15 years does now, you know. Yeah. So uh, it's kind of weird how time just shrinks somehow when you get older. You just have your life and uh, whatever times time is doing to uh, the perspective is kind of interesting. But it's uh, I think the most important thing in life is to always uh, move forward and figure out new things and learning new things when it comes to music, recording, writing. There's always something new to learn. And as long as you keep yourself curious and interested in what you're doing, you always find a new way somehow on anything, which is kind of incredible. Uh, speaking of being curious, uh, how are things over at Order and Magenta? Are you uh, still uh, composing music over there? Uh, Magenta is pretty much dead because okay. uh, last year I uh, divorced uh, my wife, uh, which was the singer in Magenta. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, uh but I have actually developed a brand new, yet to be heard, uh, different kind of project with uh, another singer. But that's a huge topic to go into in this interview. It w wouldn't really make sense. But uh, I'm always creative in uh, other kinds of music, for sure. And uh, one thing which we'll probably talk more about, which is the fact that they have Ronnie Litekra from TNT on this album. Yep. That, that led me into some of his other projects. So I've been a musician with him and uh, a guy named Tim Scott. Uh, he's originally um, an American. He actually been writing songs for Bruce Springsteen and so artists like this. Oh, wow. So he's like uh, a bona fide songwriter, singer-songwriter guy. And uh, he has his own one-man show as well and i was playing bass on the album that those two did like a year ago and uh just being able to collaborate with different kinds of musicians with different kinds of skill sets and uh, uh experience it's been a very very helpful thing for me as a you know person and musician and uh you always learn something it's always good to move move on to other territories and I'm I'm looking forward to whatever you've been working on. Hopefully, we hear something from that soon. And obviously, that'll oh, yeah. be that'll be for a different topic at a different time. Totally. Hopefully, hopefully, I can bring you back for that too. And uh, that would be amazing. Yeah, sure. Now let's get to the age of the offended man because uh, I have not stopped listening to this album since your publicist sent it over to me. Holy shit! Um, this drops on July 21st on Nuclear Blast Records. Now, I got a lot to say here. Yeah, you may want to finish that because this is quite the follow up to 2020s. Edarin Bile. It's still in my rotation from time to time, by the way. I mentioned those gaps, right? Cool. In the band's yeah, timeline. Yeah. And uh, here's the thing, you know, bands and artists, and I come from a family of musicians, uh, Anders, so you know, artists can have a hard time finding their sound, right, you know, along the way. Yet with you and Cadaver, Anders, you continue to build on your established sound since Hallucinating Anxiety, I think. It's an impressive yeah, thing yeah. to see Good. because you're blending in these sounds of you know uh black metal death metal thrash making it sound so old school yet with a contemporary twist of everything that you are you know it's like you went back to your roots and you somehow were able to like just bring it up you know age of the offended like i feel like it ties in with like even the title 
but here you are, right? New album that, you know, we're, we're in the middle of 2023, maybe like a new chapter for you, Enders, because you sure. got the, you have additional members in the band, which we'll get to, you know, the challenges mm-hmm. of keeping things fresh after 35 years, right? Is it tough? Is it, is it easy? What goes on in that head of yours? Like, do you feel any, I don't know if pressure is even the right word when it comes to that, or are you just like, you know what, this is how I'm going to sound. This is what I want to do. Fuck it. Let me, let's go. Yeah, it's more like, you know, I make music for uh, to let things out of the system. Yeah. So I'm, I'm constantly writing and playing. So uh, being able to do that, you come up with all kinds of ideas, at the, you know, all the time. But I always find uh, the direction things are for cadavers somehow in the middle of just writing stuff. Then suddenly one song or inspiration or something sparks a new direction for the band and it's like you say we build on what we had before and um, on this album actually the song that really kicked off the whole getting it together as an album was the opening track after the intro called uh, post-apocalyptic grinding yeah great song so when i came when i came up with all those riffs i was like okay this is uh this sounds really cool it sounds fresh and it sounds very old school at the same time and i just wanted to explore uh the intensity of uh, just finding paths for each song individually uh which was very important as well yeah so it's not like there's not one system i'm writing from you know and uh, it's very, very uh, inspiring for me to have Dirk on board because whenever I send him things, I only, only thing he gets from me is all the guitar riffs. I never send him directions on where things should go fast or slow or anything. I want him to come up with all that stuff. So it's a very dynamic process. And whenever he comes back with something, I'm blown away. It's like I listen to the song for the first time again. So I, it's like... Uh, a roller coaster ride or writing <laughs> together with such a insane drummer that he is. So I think everything just comes together very smoothly and interestingly with him on board is very, very important for where things go. Yeah. And it, it I really heard a lot of the chemistry between you and Dirk on this album. People who, people who don't know, by the way, Dirk Verbeeren is also Megadeth's drummer. And if you have a chance to see Dirk live, please do so because he's, I mean, you have the he perfect. Actually made, for yeah, me, he made Megadeth a uh, very interesting band again, for sure. Actually, <laughs> you know, with, yeah, uh, I was I was That's a fan in the eighties. No, but it's it's true. It's like I was a huge fan in the eighties. You know, the first two albums, three albums, and then but then then I just fell into the darker side of music. You know, after uh, uh, was was that album uh, so far so good? So far so good. So what? Yeah. I'm old, you know. That, that's where I left Megadeth, you know, uh, on the third album. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't hear those early '90s albums that everybody look at. At that time, I was so into the mo- most extreme stuff ever. So all that stuff was just uh, radio music to me. I, I didn't listen to that. I listened to only the gr- most gritty, extreme stuff. So. Uh, I didn't even know if these bands were still around, you know, until like eight, 95, 96, maybe. Now, so uh, I was uh, totally in the in the tunnel of uh, insane extreme metal for a while. 
Yeah, shout out to Dirk. Now I got to ask, you know, alongside Dirk, you know, you've, like I said, uh, mentioned earlier, you've also reunited with uh, uh, In Pain's bass player, which is uh, Eilert Solstad, hopefully I'm saying his name right, uh, and guitarist Ronnie Letecro, rounding you guys all out to this, I feel like this new refined version of Cadaver. I wonder what new elements do, do either of them bring or maybe even brought back into the lineup that you may not have had before. Well, I basically came back and wanted to rejoin the band and asked me, you know, if we were here. I basically needed a bass player anyway for gigs, and I, uh, I never knew that he uh, would like to rejoin at the time. So I was like, kind of surprised. Right. Uh, also because you know I'm old, fifty, but he's sixty-one. You're not old, Anders. Yeah. <laughs> Get that out. No, but... Get that out. <laughs> Age <laughs> no, is just a no, number, saying... my friend. <laughs> yeah, but these guys are is sixty, you know, and they and they want to kick the hell out of extreme metal as uh, they are in their sixties. I'm like, wow, that's very interesting. You know, it's like <laughs> like a total new way of looking at sixty years old uh, people playing extreme metal and it's uh, that wouldn't have happened before and now we're getting into that era which is really interesting and they they come from two very different directions. Obviously Eilert when he joined the band back in nineteen ninety mm-hmm. he was twenty nine and I was you know twenty. <laughs> so back then I was I thought yeah. he was really old too. You know I was like oh this really old skilled musician wanna play with us you know, young idiots, you know. So um, <laughs> we learned a lot from the experience of playing together. And uh, uh, as of now, Cadaver is his only band that he works with. So um, it's been a really, really nice experience to have him back. And he has a lot of musicality and a lot of really weird ideas too. So one of the songs on the album, the one called, uh, uh, oh, fuck I'm totally in the dark <laughs> here now. I need I need to look at I can look at it here, you see? Oh my god. I love that cover by the way. Um which will Dissolving Chaos, of, of course. Dissolving Chaos. Yeah. That's that's uh, a song that we wrote based on uh Schulz's riff. He he came up with the first riff and I made the whole rest of the song from that riff. And uh, I w- I wanted to have that experience also with Dirk. He did the uh, uh, a song called Crawl of the Cadaver, yeah, which I changed into my style of playing. But uh, I mean, his initial demo was his ideas, and I really feel that w- when you have skilled musicians in your band and they come up with really great ideas that you wouldn't come up with, and it fits the concept, it makes the sound of the band more and more much more interesting, you know. It's almost so, it's, al- uh, it's almost like as you're describing to me, it's it's like a, a kind of a friendly level competition, okay. Okay, Dirk is like up here, right? And I gotta meet him at this level. If he's if he's doing what he's doing, e- even with yeah. you know um, Eilert and and Ronnie, whatever they're doing, it's like you guys are having to almost like push each other to your limits, and and it, this is the result. Yeah, but no, the thing with Ronnie is a total different story because he is probably one of the top one hundred guitarists of all time. You know, in any yeah. in in metal. When, when he played the biggest festival in Oslo two weeks ago, get, uh, one guy that would play after him later that night came out as his guitar tech on one of the songs, and that was Sack Wild. Holy shit. 
<laughs> it's like why was I handing him the guitar for the next song? Respect no big deal. <laughs> no big deal. Because he was playing with Pantera after that, you know. Yeah. yeah. So having 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 him in the band is like having Jimi Hendrix in your band, you know. For me, you know, it's like uh, that's an impossible thing to say, but it's like uh, his uh, his way of play. He he's one of those guys that reinvented how to play guitar and made his sound so unique that nobody can copy it. For whatever reason, it's impossible because he's just like a, I don't know, like a vehicle for something that we don't understand. And for for me to have him so on fire about my music and contribute with all his crazy layers or insane, it's not even like lead guitar. It's more like he's a painter, you know. It's like uh, somebody who comes in and just rips everything apart and put it back together again so it sounds like something you would never never hear anybody else have so with him on board it that's one of the things that makes this album uh a true super different experience and i think this can be come probably one of our, our uh, true classics in the long term as well because of all the things happening there it's kind of timeless which i think is very important if you want to make good music and speaking of timeless, okay, uh, as you're mentioning all this to me, this album, okay, so it, it first of all, this album is is it's angry. It's an angry album. It's such it has this raw sound. It reminded me of a Carcass's early days. Uh, the mm-hmm. album that really stands out to me, and it's my favorite Carcass album, is I think it's Desantin the Insalubrious. Um, that album. And I felt like there's so many parallels with this one. It took me back, like as if I was listening to that for the first time. And you just crushed everything in your path on this from post-apocalyptic grinding to death revealed to my favorite song, which is the drowning man. But that may, that may change tomorrow. I have no idea. Cause there's so many great songs yeah. to pick from. And then to uh, uh, <laughs> freezing isolation, I'm going to quote you here, Anders. You even said we aim to push the boundaries of our music, adding all the flavors we like in the mix. I think Cadaver, personally, as a unit, have finally arrived. I mean, good luck trying to top this one, Anders, because, you know, oh, I, no. you well, can't even see yeah. my hand because the bar is just so high, you know, I know. And, and I went I went back and listened through your catalog. And there is that sense of evolution in the musicality. You, you know, do you agree? Do you disagree with that? You know, you know, Not as, totally. as, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I wanted to get your input on that because, you know, <laughs> this is you, I thought you guys reached that with Edder and Vile, but you raise it up a whole different level with this album. Well, that's uh, interesting and very gratifying to hear because we all feel that's the same way. You know, it's uh, but when you talk about topping this, I'm I'm, not, I'm never looking at things in that way. It's more like. Uh, now we can finally go even deeper into where we are now, yeah. which would be even more interesting for me. You know, like musically, uh, it will maybe we would write something we don't understand. You know, like totally out of this world. I don't know. It's uh, it's all about uh, just letting the creativity guide you. Yeah. And the uh, sound itself was a big part of this record that I really loved. You know, I'm an audiophile these days. I think we all are. The more we listen to this, I'm very picky mm-hmm. on how I want my music to sound, the way I want it to sound, the old school vibe. Like I, I, I love, I love things like that. Uh, music that you grew up listening to, and then when you listen to the 
newer songs, it takes you back to that first time when you when you listen to like the early, you know, death albums, even and Carcass, like I mentioned. And this was recorded in three different countries, if I'm not mistaken, you know, in uh Dolphinbox Studio, Villa Negro, Studio Tomb, and Studio Studio. Adair yeah, Dolphinbox, who, who yeah, four. Yeah. yeah, four. Uh it was produced, engineered, mixed, and mastered by Adair. And then yeah. Yartan Hestigan, and he assisted with the engineering. Talk about Adair for a minute here, um, Anders. I'm sure it gave you that sense of comfortability, even in the studio, for you knowing that you had this guy working on, uh, and, and, and uh, Yartan working on this record, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Yartan Ch- Hestagen is the engineer with Ronnie's studio, so all the parts that he did was done there, but uh, everything else was... Uh meant to be done in uh, in LA with uh, Dirk but uh, because of yeah. the pandemic this is recorded during the height of the pandemic so we had to uh, improvise a little bit and uh, Adair was meant to come to Norway and he was recording Kiko from Megadeth in Finland oh wow uh, okay yeah, and, yeah. Uh, uh, he lives there so he was uh, on his way to me and then at that time, I think yeah, we all kind of forgot that now, but you had to have like certificates for your vaccination and shit to go to countries. That's right. And he was, uh, Norway didn't accept the American certificates or whatever. So I we had to improvise. So we uh, rented the uh, Airbnb in uh, Helsinki, which we uh, I baptized with Necro. And we just borrowed the equipment from studios in Helsinki and uh, Locked in for two weeks doing all the guitars and uh, electric bass and uh, all the vocals. And uh, that was insane. I don't even remember how we managed to do that now because it was so <laughs> insane. Yeah, Like 12 hours working. But other year is probably the best producer I ever worked with. Not probably. He is the best producer I ever worked with. And uh, man- managing all this all the recordings, all the files, all the stuff that has to go into it and uh, keeping a positive spirit and uh, uh, getting me to do my best all the time is just incredible. And uh, we have actually started to work on something new, uh, different project uh, in my studio already this year. So uh, <laughs> already. So he, he's uh, he's my man. He's, uh, he's definitely on board for... Uh, anything I'm doing with Cadaver and the other things as well. So he's just an amazing uh, producer. Isn't it great though, the way uh, other people and not just people, I mean, these are actually like established like artists and they share a vision for what you have. And the fact that you were able to like translate all that into something productive, like the age of the offended and, and, and the way you're, you're going about this, it's really cool to share that, you know, I don't think we get a chance to talk about it enough, you know, especially in the last three years, I, w- I learned a lot about, you know, who I am and the people, the amazing people that I have on my show. And I learned a lot about myself because of talking to people like you, but sharing the vision with other people who have a, a similar passion for what you do. That's always, that's such an understatement. And and I, and I love that you, you, we talked a lot about the people that have been a part of this because they're just as important. Oh yeah. I mean, it's uh, it takes the whole crew to make what you hear, you know, everybody yeah. has a part. So, uh, but it's it's basically uh, some some guidelines has to be there and uh, uh, discussing things uh, in music is never as good as just recording and playing together and figuring out what's 
sounds right, but I, I've been very uh, persistent on all the parts that should go into this. And uh, when we brought Ronnie on board, I was such a surprise, but also like an overwhelming new development. And uh, but when we got to put all that stuff together, it made sense. I I could sense that from the very beginning, but. Uh, and uh, both Dirk and Odair was like, what's going on now? But they, when they heard the whole thing, they were like, wow, this would never happen if we <laughs> if we thought about this, you know? It's just like an insane development. So I'm really happy. Can you show me the cover one more time? And uh, can you tell me more about the influence behind the cover? Because hey, can, I think... can you give me two, two yeah, seconds? Yeah, because, sure. because I'm, just uh, hold the recording for two seconds because yeah. I'm drinking beer and I shouldn't really do that while I'm interviewing. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay, man. We're hanging out. <laughs> yeah, hold my hold my beer. Yeah, I got you, man. Yo, I'm back. Hey, <laughs> don't worry about yeah, that, man. No. You, can, you can drink whatever you want, <laughs> as long as you don't forget sure. we're doing an interview. Sure. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, so th this is the cover. Yeah. If so I wanted I wanted to dive into that cover a little bit further. It's uh, the cover was by I thought I had the name. Um, Flesh flies. Flesh flies. That's what it is. So, um, tell me more about the artist and have you worked with them before and just the influence behind making one of the craziest album covers in contemporary <laughs> times and extreme metal. It's crazy. Like we're, we're so far metal is what I think it's just surpassed 50 years old. I'm not, I'm not sure, but uh, it's one of the youngest genres, but you know, looking at this cover again, it takes me back to like the early early days of metal. You know, looking at the early death like covers and like uh, uh, bands like Autopsy, even like the earlier Cannibal Corpse. It's like we've never yeah. seen we've never seen a cover like this though. You know, how do you stay original no. when it comes to that? Like how the how well, how do we get into people's heads? <laughs> no, it's it's uh well, the, getting to where we are now is uh, partly a sad story because. Uh, Justin Bartlett, who did the, the cover sleeve for uh, the previous album. Edwin Bile? Uh, yeah. Uh, he, his artist name was Ubercult. And he passed away from cancer in January this year. Oh, man. May he rest but, in peace. Yeah, he was, mm. uh, he was my go-to designer for everything I did since uh, 99, like uh, the Cadaver Ink stuff and the Necrosis stuff and everything, and uh, a lot of other things. But he came up with this uh, link to this artist, the Flash Flies, and she's a Norwegian collage artist, so a Norwegian artist, this American guy, uh, directed me to i haven't heard about her before and what she's doing is uh, original collage artwork so she takes images and print them out and rip them apart and put them back together again and then scan everything wow so it's like an original it's not it's not a photoshop so i i wanted that you know nowadays everybody's uh, um, checking out all this mid journey all the AI stuff or Photoshop or yep. all that stuff. And I wanted to, to make something completely different. So I, it's more like, a, like you say, an or a old school thing, like old collage stuff was always, you know, yeah, my favorite it's, it's album like a, it, it reminds me of like the early carcass albums too. Like if you, were, exactly, just, if you yeah. were just put it next, next to each other, 
I'm probably going to do that. I'm going to have to get a vinyl from you and just put it next to. (laughs) I still have vinyls in the corner of my room. I'm going to compare it to the the other ones that I have. It just looks it. I I love that. I love seeing that because it just takes it takes from that and then ties in together with current times. And, you know, this is the result. This is uh, my, you know, I want to do make tribute to Carcass, but also like Napalm Death first albums. They're mm-hmm. all collages, you know, and ma- many more. Most metal bands do do that. It was more like uh, the hardcore scene or punk. They did collage covers yeah, all the time. That's true. Uh, but uh, one of the old influences for Cadaver was always the hardcore stuff. People tend to. You know how so uh, rigid the genre measures now, but you had to remember we 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 came out of the eighties when all this stuff were invented uh, on the at the time we were creating the band. There was Bathory did the black metal thing. You had Slayer doing the trash extreme metal thing. Then Death came out, and then Morbid Angel, yep, yep. Voivod, Carcass, Napalm Death. To to us, uh, all these things came in the same uh, period and inspired us equally as much. So uh, we we all just thought that, you know, to be a great band, you had to not sound like any one of those, just do your own thing differently. And uh, anyone from the old days would be really pissed off if your band sounded exactly like somebody else or looked exactly like somebody else. The whole game was to be on your own planet. Yeah. So we, that's where we come from. And I think it's when now people say like, oh, uh, are you playing black metal now or death metal or is it trash or is it, I mean, I don't fucking care what you think, you know, I'm just playing my music. So it's, you know, it's more like if you have to put a genre on us, that's your problem, you know? Yeah, we are cadaver, so deal with it. It's, it's like when you think about the biggest rock bands in all history, like Led Zeppelin, Black Sabbath, uh, Beatles, uh, you know, all Pink Floyd, all these bands that is the biggest bands ever to exist. What do they all have in common? Absolutely no genre belongs to you know, they belong yeah. to no ex- hmm. specific genre. Everybody loves Black Sabbath, but um, half of their stuff is acoustic or psychedelic. Or, That's true. <laughs> uh, I mean, even like Led Zeppelin, uh, they're of course a hard rock, heavy metal inspiration, but 70% of their stuff is uh, folk, you know, or whatever you could call it. Or, you know, the Beatles. You could, you could, yeah, those... I was going to say the Beatles, the same thing. Yeah, they have probably the first heavy metal song you know like uh helter skelter i think that's the yeah that's what that's that's one one, but they also have um stuff on the i was i was actually listening to this album the other day you know this album oh my gosh yeah my mom mom has that (laughs) if you listen to the song on this one called i want you she's so heavy yes yes my mom has that vinyl somewhere in the house yeah, if you listen to that song and imagine them having more distortion, it sounds exactly like Black Sabbath. That's true, man. <laughs> you know, it's just like they they, they don't have. I mean, the riffs are Black Sabbath-ish. You know. Yeah. It, so it's it, it's yeah. No, no, no. I want you to finish your talk because I got a very important question after that. Interesting one. Yeah. So I mean, to me, it's all about music being the vehicle for 
the emotional impact you want to create as an artist. And uh, we just want to gear that up to where we are and do our thing and make it sound like just we do, you know. That's all I care for, you know. If we're original enough, we can stand out in a crowd of one million bands and people will be like, yeah, that's them. That's more important than having, you know, whatever, you know, to me. That's the, that's the whole key of why I'm doing music, to make something that I can do and not copy other people. Let me ask you this, Anders. With everything we talked about, right, as, as I'm rounding out this interview here, can you tell me, I want to hear from you, all right, from someone like you who's been at this for as long as you have. What about now? Are there bands that you're keeping your eye on today, maybe a newer into the scene or trying to make a name for themselves that you're looking at? Okay, you know what? That band is doing exactly what I'm what I'm seeing that that what you just told me. Do you see bands yeah. these days that you are seeing that are coming up here? Because, you know, the, this podcast is on her around the world. It's going to be all an all stream. So if you want to give a shout out to anyone who's that there's a band out there that's doing what you're seeing that you just described to me, because it's hard to do that these days because everyone's trying to copy from one band to the next, the next. And it kind of just, it gets exhausting trying to keep up with all that. Well, there's one band from Norway, which is uh, start just starting out. They have a couple of songs out on Spotify or whatever, wherever you listen to Apple music, whatever. Uh, uh, But they are gaining very quickly recognition and it's a, th- a three-piece girl band and What's they are called which which club satan i am saving that uh okay. and they are doing they are basically doing what we did in the exploring extreme metal without too many musical impact and uh, ideas that they barely can do technically, but they're aiming for something and they sound very unique and their stage performance is insane. And they are really going to, I think they're really going to make a name for themselves. And um, I already tried to convince them to come to my studio to do something there just to see how that would sound. But um, I think they are on the verge of something great if they just continue to do this. They're really promising and very strange and weird and definitely I on their own it. planet. <laughs> I got to get so, them on the uh, show. <laughs> yeah, Witch Club Satan is an amazing new act from Norway. They really reinvented black metal, which was totally unexpected from three girls. Wow. Okay. Uh, Witch Club so Satan. They are, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Shout out to them. And if and if they somehow end up hearing this interview sometime in the future... Anders Auden gave you a shout out. If that mm-hmm. doesn't, if that doesn't motivate you, I don't know what what will. <laughs> that's that's pretty okay. awesome. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna save that in my uh, database here, and I'll give them a listen. Maybe I can uh, bring them on as a guest at some point, and uh, I will let you know if they do. Okay, um, Anders, sure. uh, we've covered a. I, I appreciate you for that, by the way. I know we've covered a, covered a good amount of ground on this great conversation. First off, I mean, always great to have you back on here, Anders. I know the discussions we've had were always so in depth and very enjoyable. You being so yeah. true, true to the core on sharing your story on IUF and you make my job easy, dude. I mean, I'm so glad to like, I know someone like you, you know, here you are right over three decades into cadaver now and, and countless full like albums with touring and with the growing fan base and the relationship with the music and, and even the culture of Norway, like the, the way you're representing it. 
You know, I, I mentioned like you're making me want to go to Norway now, breaking all the rules, but I got to wait for my passport. But we're entering an important part in your career. I feel like Anders, too. You know, I, I got to ask you this last question. Everything we discussed from our last interview three years ago, which I rem- remember really well. And to yeah. what we just talked about, what do you see, Anders, is is the most rewarding part for someone like you who is now at this point in their life? Well, the most rewarding thing for me is to be able to play my music and uh, do it with uh, so many insanely great artists at the same time. That's the most rewarding thing for sure. And be able to not only know these people, but to play music with them and create music with them is definitely the biggest highlight of my life. That's all I really want to spend the, the rest of my days doing, basically. Yeah. And the best part about that is that you're seeing results too. And there's definitely a level of inspiration of what you're doing, man. And, and cool. I'm going to remind people again, you fucking beat cancer. All right. So that's, that's, uh, yeah. I mean, that's a level of inspiration, like within itself. So, and and I love that. And I hope your story gets out there and people will hear it and hopefully it inspires them to continue doing what they're doing because you're doing it. And I'm sure other people hopefully can catch on, but, uh, Anders, man, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart, dude. Uh, nothing but the best for you and Cadaver from here on out. Uh, much love to everything that you've done. Hopefully, we meet in person one day. You gotta. Hopefully, you come to Texas sure. one day. I gotta. <laughs> you gotta come down here. I know uh, sure. you haven't a chance to do that, but uh, Dirk's been here a couple times. I got to meet him. He's such a great guy. He's he's oh, yeah. he's a better person than he is a drummer. That's a lot to say, by the way. Okay? <laughs> yeah, so, that's, that's saying a lot. And, and yeah. take it and take it from me. He's been on our show before, so shout out to him. But uh, do you have any last words? Just any shout outs? Anything else you'd like to plug in as far as Cadaver and the new album? I don't know if you have a new music video coming out. Whatever you want to promote. Uh, whatever you can. I can yeah. Say, so. I mean, yeah, I just need to say that uh, I really appreciate your time and uh, I hope that people will uh, listen to this album and if you like it, spread it around to your friends and uh, not spread it to friends you don't like, but you know, <laughs> I don't want to become like superstar for this. I want to just small, insane group of whatever know-how people, which is uh, the best uh, people. And uh, uh, as long as uh, we all keep, and that's very important. Yeah, I think the signal's cutting out. I think that's our cue to end the interview here. <laughs> but okay, uh, uh, Anders, man, again, thank you so much. You know, <clears throat> let's stay in touch on the socials like we always have. Everyone who's listening, The Age of the Offended drops July 21st on Nuclear yeah. Blast Records. And uh, if you could do me and Anders a favor, uh, buy the album because the bands can't do it without your help. But it really goes a long way. And don't forget, you can listen to this podcast on all major podcast streams out there. Check us out on interview on fire.com. Anders. Uh, have a great Friday, man. Cheers, brother. All right. Thank you. Uh, Cheers. Let's stay, let's stay in touch. I'll keep you posted once this episode airs. And let me know when you get a chance to come to the States. I'll let you know when I get a chance to come out uh, to Norway and just see everything what you guys For are sure. doing. All right. All right. All right. Take care, man. You, man. I'll talk to you later. Bye bye. Take care. Bye bye. Young
Hey guys, thanks for listening to Interview Under Fire podcast. If you guys liked what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. And please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously. If you'd like to check out more, visit www.interviewunderfire.com or our social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And finally, we want to thank you all for the support you've been giving us. Keep it burning.